Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This podcast is sponsored by Greening Law, a personal injury law firm in Dallas, Texas. Greening Law fights the legal battle so you have time for healing and renewal. Are we not the bestest of friends already? Only in media. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the only podcast officially attached, sanctioned, sponsored by the brand new Defending Big D. That's right. The relaunch has happened. The site is all 2.0, 10.0, really, uh, even better than it has ever been before. Lots of exciting stuff to come, but um, you know, new logo, new look, new focus, much much like the transition from the the Ben Sagan era into the Hintz Robertson era, we're we're excited about the future of of what we're going to be able to do in terms of our stars coverage, and also excited to be joined by Mark. Mark, how's it going? It's going pretty good. Uh, nice early morning here, and uh, ready to talk some stars hockey. I will say the best part about the new site is they've they've upgraded our recording facility. The chocolate fountain is fantastic as is the laser tag arena. I've really enjoyed both of those over the last you know couple days. Oh, and the, the big strawberries were a nice touch. Yeah, yeah, agreed, agreed. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we, talk, we are certainly living. Playoffs. We're, we're, yeah, we got some playoffs looming. We're living the high life here as Stars fans. We are in, uh, we're, we're down in single digits on games. You know, there there's there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Dallas has played 74 games as of the time that we record this. And, you know, it's it's like previous seasons in that there is a whole bunch at stake and a whole bunch to figure out over the next you know week and a bit. But it's also not like those previous seasons, because unlike, you know, we're not as fans wondering if we're wondering where. And that's a pretty cool, um, you know, as much as I'd like cert- the certainty of, of the Boston Bruins. Right. Um, it's a pretty cool feeling to be worried about you know, positioning and matchups and a progression out of the conference than it is to be crossing our fingers and hoping that, that the, the, they do enough to get, get themselves over the line and into the dance. And here, you know, I think, I think really what we're talking about is you know, the possibility of playing Minnesota, playing Colorado, and, and potentially uh, being able to play Seattle, which uh, certainly isn't an easy out, but it was a, uh, on the incredible three-game sets that we played here in the last couple of weeks that uh, I think had people salivating a little bit about seeing that for seven straight games. Oh, I, yeah, I think a Dallas-Seattle series would be crazy go nuts. Um, it's been interesting looking at the the bracket in the West and that there are no, you know, we, we look at the East and there's a lot of powerhouses. In the West Conference, there's no, it feels like every team has a, a flaw, right? And Western matchups are much more about, you know, for example, Seattle, their their 
scoring and special teams have been or their their special teams and goaltending have been problematic. Colorado, are they going to be healthy? Um, you know, Vegas, it's working so far, but but goaltending is an issue there as well, right? Everybody's got something. So it feels like this is a year where, you know, matchups matter and especially like there's there are scenarios in which Dallas would have to go through, you know, both Minnesota and Colorado to get out of the conference. There are scenarios where they have to go through one of those two teams. So it's it's a you know, tight and just to put a little context on as we record this Friday morning, Las Vegas is is in or Vegas, apologies, is in first in the conference with 99 points. Then it's Minnesota and Edmonton both tied at 97, Los Angeles with 96, then Dallas and Colorado with 94. And of course, there's a big matchup coming this weekend between the Avs and the Stars. So it really is, you know, there there is Seattle then in seventh is at 90 points. Uh, eighth place is 85 with Winnipeg. So there is really, I mean, I think it's it's in the, you know, pushing my glasses up on my forehead, technically correct that Dallas could fall out of the playoffs, but we certainly haven't seen anything to indicate that's likely. What's much more concerning to me is, you know, you look at the Central Division and Minnesota is 7-1-2 and two in their last 10. Colorado is 8-2-0 and oh in their last 10, although they did lose their, their most recent game. And we're starting to see some of those goal differentials, you know, for for the bulk of the season, Dallas was by far and away ahead of the rest of the conference in terms of their their goal differential, which is usually a pretty reliable indicator of quality. And they still are, right? Plus 50 leads the West. But now you're seeing Vegas is plus 33. Minnesota's crept up to plus 27. Um, Edmonton plus 46. Colorado plus 42. So, like, the the conference is tightening. The lead is shrinking. And Dallas has a pretty hectic, you know, close to the season to figure out where exactly they're going to land. Right, exactly. And I think you have with Minnesota, a team that has found a goaltender and they were already a a pretty sticky team, good defensively with the potential, uh, especially with Kaprizov to put the puck in the net. Um, I think it's really impressive that Minnesota has been doing this all without Kaprizov in the lineup. But they seem to be rounding into form, and and I don't know that anybody really wants to play them up front. And then you take a look at Colorado, and you have people who have been out for the entire season, uh, but they're starting to get back. The lineup is starting to settle into what they're going to have for the playoffs, and that's a pretty good team. They they may have a little bit of a disadvantage at goaltending, but what they have up front more than makes up for that. And so neither one of those is going to be a fun series. And that's it's going to be a seven-game grind, I think, either way that you look at it. Then moving beyond that with Seattle, it's a little bit of a different beast because it's more of a team without superstars, but they just go deep. And there isn't rest. There, there's, there's nobody out there. There's no line. There's no defensive pairing that you're going to be able to just blow away and take out. And so if you're scouting them for a playoff series, you have to find a weakness that you're going to be able to exploit. And, and you know, I haven't looked at it completely in depth, but based on what we saw in the three games that they played last month, they're going to be solid. You could argue, I think, that Seattle's goaltending is a problem. And, you know, if if the series extends and in, in, in a playoff matchup like that, that could be a pretty decisive advantage to whoever gets to play them. But, you know, to your broader point, it's a deep roster and they've, they've had that goaltending all season. There's not a ton to you know, they, they could also how many how many times have we how many times have we watched the stars get goalied? Right. It's not I wouldn't feel comfortable saying, oh, well, that's that one's the slam dunk fans should hope for that matchup. Like any, any of these matchups is going to p- present a problem, certainly some more than others. 
Yeah, I mean, the only thing I would say there about getting goal lead is we tend to get uh, goal lead in individual games, but not in series. It um, is harder for series. That's that's very yeah. true. You know, the, the Stars are kind of known for being the team that goalies other teams in series. So, you know, we have Ottinger before, you know, from last year. But, you know, go back historically, Turco certainly had some runs. And it's, it's yeah, but I would also say that Turco had a pedigree as well, right? It's in, goalied in this case is in the sense of how many times have we played it? We watched the Stars play a backup or play a team that's supposed to have a weakness. And then it's, you know, 35 shots on net, one goal and what the heck happened. Yeah, Ottinger, uh, Ottinger against Calgary. So it's it's interesting though. So then looking a little bit closer, what does Dallas have to do, right? So they've got a game tonight against Arizona. Then tomorrow that, uh, and it's kind of interesting. There's there's a lot of Dallas's schedule certainly looks favorable down the stretch, right? There's Arizona right before the very tricky, very pivotal head to head against Colorado. Then it's Nashville. Philadelphia, which, you know, Nashville has been kind of on the fringes of the playoff conversation all um, year, but, you know, four, five, and one in the last, and it looks like, you know, they, they sold at the deadline, had a little bit of a dead cat bounce, and it looks like they're settling in to what what they appeared to be, right, which is a team that, that's not going to make the dance. And then Philadelphia, they've been a bit of a, a train wreck this season, followed by Vegas, right? So that's an, another huge one team that's currently at the top of the Western Conference, the only team in the West that has clinched. So, you know, you've got two big games, Colorado and Vegas, Nashville, Philadelphia, then you've got Detroit. And then the season concludes with a back-to-back with St. Louis. And, and, you know, Detroit and St. Louis are in the, you know, Nashville-Philadelphia category. They're they're not going to, it doesn't look like at least, um, neither one of those teams is going to be a factor as far as the playoffs are concerned. They're having down seasons. But St. Louis has always been a weird opponent as far as the Dallas Stars are concerned. And so you, you think that they can take care of business and you think that there's, you know, certainly an opportunity to pick up quite a few points Will it be enough? I guess my question to you, do you think that that's there's enough there to catapult them past, you know, the wild and the abs and, and you know, potentially where 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 do you think kind of the high end of where this team could finish sits right now? Well, I mean, the high end just based on the schedule is that they can get on a good run here in the last eight games and take first. That certainly has to be your your target, because I, I think no matter what you say about uh, about a wild card team, it's going to be better to play them than it is either Minnesota or Colorado. Yeah. And, and and certainly the stars have the schedule to do that. They, they've had some issues with some uh, some less than stellar teams second half of the season, but there's no reason why they shouldn't be pulling into form playoffs. And I say that even thinking, okay, we're going to have Scott Wedgwood uh, potentially coming back. Uh, Mason Marchment, cross your fingers, uh, back in the lineup for at least a handful of games before the playoffs start. So there's no excuse for this team not to be rounding into form and and to get on a good winning streak going. Yeah, I mean, I think you're right, right? The points are there. Flip side argument, we covered this extensively last week. I don't think we need to go into it a ton right now. But the flip side is, how hard do you, and I guess that's my second question to you, how hard do you push this team to win those games for seeding with an eye on, you know, opening the playoffs, right? What's what's the the rest versus, you know, rest versus seeding argument? Yeah, I mean, I would just say business as usual. I don't think there's flexibility in there to, to for instance, decide that Miro is going to play, uh, you know, 15 minutes a game. But on the other hand, there's no reason why he can't put in his normal workload and and just carry that over into the playoffs. So I would say business as usual. 
Yeah, and I think that's right. You you whether it's it's you know arguments about flow, um, you know continuity, having to work, you know hopefully Mason Marchment back into the lineup, get him healthy, get him going. You know even just the the hockey karma argument. It's really, in my opinion, risky to think that you can after you know, an eighty two game season think that you can downshift for you know a week and then show up first day of the playoffs and put the hammer down like nothing ever happened. That seems, you know, I think you, you could see some tweaks going on, right? It's, it's maybe the time to, if a game gets out of hand, you know, for good or for ill, it's, it's maybe a time to dial back on the top lines usage. If you want to give a different look on a penalty killer, it, it may be some time to do some selective adjustment, but I agree. It's, this isn't the moment to, well, we're just going to give Scott Wedgwood a week worth of starts. <laughs> you know, hopefully he's back. Although he will, he is on a conditioning stint. So there we go. But uh, yeah, I think you're right. You, you stay the course, you try to win as many of the remaining games as you can. And you hope that, you know, luck favors you and, and the, the playoffs kind of set up in a way that is positive and, and productive. Well, yeah. And I, I think maybe one other thing that you do is you have a few lineup decisions that are still out there. If if you listen to the doomsday side, you'll you'll say, well, we have Joel Hanley that's in the lineup for the playoffs. Um, I think maybe you use some of these games to figure out whether Lundqvist is a is a go, the playoffs or not. Give him an opportunity. I've I've been saying I I've kind of been on the bandwagon that Hanley's your playoff guy since midway through the season, but that's just uh, kind of my looking at the way this team's treated Hanley in the playoffs the last couple of years. But I, I think maybe uh, taking a look at a, a few guys on the forward side, solidifying your fourth line on who's going to be together, making sure that there's chemistry there. Now, certainly you think with Mark back that you would have uh, you know, Delandria, Glenn Denning, and Fox. I think that's the default. But uh, maybe you give a couple other guys some chances to crack that lineup just to see if there's a way you can improve on it. Yeah, I, I could see that. The other thing that I would, if if Mason does get healthy, the, the one other thing I could see being interesting to this team, right, is maybe shifting some of the power play minutes to the second unit in favor of the first, because the first is, is a known quantity, right? And, and not turfing them entirely. You want to make sure they're still getting reps, still getting time, still getting, you know, keeping, keeping sharp. But this, this might be over this, this stretch of games, the opportunity to you know, once or twice throughout the second unit first and just make sure, right. Is it really, especially again, assuming health is, is it really Sagan, Domi, Marchment, right? Do you need to, to insert that? And all like, how do, how do the pieces fit? I could see special teams being an area to tinker uh, and, and also messing with ice time. Maybe you give, you know, you give Sagan's line a little bit more, a little bit more run versus some of the others because they haven't been together. Or the, his projected line, apologies, they haven't been together as long as some of the other units. So maybe it's a, but, and again, that's not like a 10 minute a night shift. That's a, maybe you give him two or three extra shifts over the course of an entire game just to, you know, it's increasing reps, but yeah. I will say, and we talked a little bit about this last week. This is also the schedule is helpful in a way, right? There have been two days off between Chicago and Arizona, um, one day before Nashville, two days off between Nashville and Philadelphia. So there are some opportunities in this stretch. Yes, there are a pair of back-to-backs, and and that's never um, that's never fantastic. But there, those back-to-backs are offset by a couple of extended breaks. So um, this isn't a team that is going to stagger, you know into the playoffs on fumes, I think, in a way that they've potentially risked doing in previous years. Yeah. And the thing is you you go out there and you you play hard because you don't want to get injured. And and that's the bottom line. You, yep. you, you want to keep the team um, well, it's 
Dallas Stars things. We 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 like where we're at. Get a couple guys back and uh, and and stay healthy going into the playoffs. And that's a great moment. We'll take a quick pause to say hello to our friends at the Green Team, and then we'll come back with the uh, Green Team injury update. You know, Mark. People get hurt from car accidents, medical malpractice, and other personal injury accidents, but they never call an attorney. They leave thousands of dollars in medical bills and lost wages on the table that could otherwise be covered and instead just take the insurance company's word. This is silly when you could just call Robert Greening at Greening Law. Greening and his green team are fierce legal competitors for you against the insurance companies. Consultations are free, so you have nothing to lose. And there are no hourly attorney fees either. They only get paid if you recover. Right? These folks definitely need to call Robert Greening and the Green Team. Sure do. So remember, if you've been hurt in an accident, been a victim of medical malpractice, or have been hurt on a business's premises, call the Green Team at Greening Law in Dallas, Texas at 972-934-8900 now. They will fight your legal battle so you have time for healing and renewal. Greening Law, Office Dallas, Texas. All right, uh, we're back. And as I mentioned, uh, we hinted at this earlier. There's a couple, two real significant, I guess two significant and, and one kind of significant injury updates. The, the first kind of significant is Tyler Sagan is back in the lineup, scored a goal. He's playing. It appears that his um, laceration, I think it was, I saw like 30 something stitches, but it appears that his laceration has healed and um, he's back to being a full time NHLer, which is a, a big shot in the arm for a group that suddenly lost some scoring depth. And then the other two we touched on, Mason Marchment, they're still saying he could be back by the last week of the season, which would be Detroit, St. Louis, St. Louis, which would be wonderful. And Scott Wedgwood is now on a conditioning stint in the AHL. And, and that's more of a break glass in case of emergency development, but it is nice to be getting him at least within eyesight of being back. Right. So a couple of, of significant positive shifts as far as the stars injury situation is concerned. Yeah. And we'll see where Wedgwood plays. I, the Texas stars have a back-to-back with, with San Jose this, this weekend, Friday, Saturday. And so I'm guessing that Wedgwood gets one of those two games and then comes up with the big, with the big team. Yeah. And I think if you're Dallas, you're certainly looking at, um, can he play, you know, there's, there's Nashville, Philadelphia, Detroit, and either of the St. Louis games are candidates. Again, if he's, if he's informed, those are opportunities. You know, we talked earlier, if, 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 um, if you can give, uh, either the, if you can give the Nashville game to a backup instead of Ottinger, then all of a sudden you've built in a, a four day break between games, right? If it's same, same thing if you can give Philadelphia. So those are very good ways. We talk about load management. We talk about making sure Ottinger is fresh, being able to bake in, you know, a four day, a couple, a, you know, four day, five day break to close the season, right? I could see maybe he gets Nashville or Philadelphia and then Detroit and the first St. Louis game with Ottinger getting the home, you know, season closer against St. Louis. And then all of a sudden over the last two, two weeks of the season, Ottinger's played, you know, two pretty, two significant games, two other less significant games, but has had two four day breaks as well, which could be a really good way to walk the line between you want to keep him fresh and you want to give him opportunities to, but you also want to, you know, make sure he's sharp. And, and that seems to me, if you could wave a wand and do it, that's that's probably what the coaches are hoping. But again, that depends on you're probably going to need points from those games, so that you don't want to just you don't want to punt. That'd be you know be great opportunity for a backup to come in and, and do the job. Yeah, and I you know if if I'm running it, I probably have Wedgwood or or Murray taking you know, the Philadelphia game, and then probably the uh, probably the last game of the season. Otter, Otter's such a such a road warrior in a back-to-back situation. I say you throw him in in St. Louis, 
Um, I just almost wonder if it's to me, it's almost like a, a reward, though, for Ottinger. And so it looks like right now the NHL is saying that the playoffs are projected to start on April 17th. So that would be a four day gap between the finale in St. Louis and the earliest the playoffs might start. We don't necessarily know that Dallas will play on the 17th. Right. But it could be, um, you know, it'll be around, it'll be a day or, you know, a day after maybe, but it'll be around that time. So I, I don't know. I, I, for me, I think it's a, it's a coin flip anyways. I think it's a, the one day difference, you know, philosophically market doesn't, it may come down to how much the game matters, but I, I might do it, you know, just to, to have the kid be the last one on the, you know, the logo in the center of the ice, closing the curtain on the regular season and get ready for the playoffs. Yeah. And it's always nice to have the, have the starter in net for fan appreciation. Night. Yeah. Right. Yeah, Every, we we as fans appreciate Jake Ottinger. I would say we appreciate Jake Ottinger and wins, and they come together. Yeah, both of those. The, I will say though, the the most important name on that injury report is Mason Marchment, right? And and this is he is the difference between a, a productive Mason Marchment is the difference between Dallas being able to run three threatening offensive lines and you know two and a half, and that seems. Like not a huge difference, but in the playoffs when things amplify, I think that could be in, in particular for this team, in particular with the bracket they're looking at, getting Mason Marchment up to speed, having him ready for the playoffs feels very significant. Yeah, and and here I think the theory behind that line is is it's a very dynamic offensive line and and a pretty weak defensive line, but it, it's that line that you can go all in and teams have to adjust to them. Yes. And and if they have to adjust with them with defensive guys who are going to try and shut them down, that takes away the defensive deficiencies of them. And, and it's kind of the opposite of what they've had to do with Marchman out. Fox is centering those two doesn't make a whole lot of sense for an offensive line, but it's fixed some of the defensive problems. But it takes away what makes that line special. And 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 for the playoffs, we want that line to be special and to be uh, just that dynamic uh, group that can that can take some of the pressure off of the the teams. Yeah, it's it's a matchup thing, right? So if, yep. if you're playing the Stars in a seven-game series, you're obviously going to load up and try and stop the first line. Therefore, right, then you, your conundrum then becomes, okay, I've got the bin unit that has been discussing, you know, been, been you know, there, there's the bin unit, and then there's the, if the Sagan unit is functional, all of a sudden, yes, obviously I'm going to prioritize shutting down Robertson and company, but if those other two lines are going, one of those two lines is going to get a favorable matchup, right? And your point about Sagan's line having some defensive frailties, that's not going to matter as much if, as the opposing coach, I'm worried about the bend line. Or if I decide, you know what, yeah, I can take it, I can attack this group, I can take advantage, that's probably pulling talent and attention away from the bend line. And so the star's calculus turns into it's not necessarily that Sagan's group needs to outscore their troubles. They they should. That's great. That's the ideal. But it turns it. You have to look at, in my opinion, at those those two as a unit, right? Do Sagan and Ben generate more than they give up, either through Sagan's line kind of being able to bully third pairings and, and lesser defensive players on the other team, or Ben's line being able to do the same thing because the other team has said, you know what, we're we're going to attack Sagan's group and we're we're going to try and not let the others beat us, right? Yeah, it's it's, it's another threat that has to be paid attention to, which distracts them from from potentially uh, the the other guys who are going to beat them. And and if you have three lines that can beat you, fine. That that that's going to take you a long ways in the playoffs. Yeah, and and that's the sort of thing you know that that wins a series. Think about Dennis Gurionov, the year Dallas you know marauded to the cup, right? The 
the Robertson line, the Hens line, you know, Pavelski, whoever, whoever you want to put on the marquee, they are going to have a tough task, right? There are a lot of very good defensive teams, good goalies in the Western Conference that Dallas is going to have to go through. And you know that they are going to be circled, underlined, stars, you know, whatever, whatever you want to say on the on the board. So you know there's going to be a plan in place to limit the damage that line can do. And the reality of playoff hockey is it's it's probably going to be somewhat effective because, you know, you have some control, especially the away matchups, things like that. So that line, you know, is going to need support. And finally, right, as unlike years past, it really seems like Dallas is set up to do that, which, again, you talk about virtuous cycles. If things go well, if if the Sagan line and if the Ben line can be productive, then all of a sudden as the opposing coach, I have to rethink it. Right. Maybe I can't afford to just sit on the first line and hope we can win the matchups everywhere else. And in in having to make that adjustment, all of a sudden I've made things a little bit easier for the first line. Right. Which which puts the stars in an even better position. Yeah. And, and here, I mean, that kind of brings us to to the top of the heap here. And now let's talk about Jason Robertson a little bit because we have some regular season uh, intrigue that's going on. And, and then I think we also need to review what happened with Jason Robertson last year in the Calgary series where he had been the best player on the team and he was kind of the guy who, you know, if you listen to the national media, disappeared. Um, and and so is, an, is an, indi- an additional season here something where Robertson has something to prove come playoff time where he's getting national exposure. And I, I think Tyler put up an article today talking about is, is, is Jason Robertson, the, should he be the face of American hockey? Well, if, if you're going to be the face of American hockey, laughs is when you do it. Yeah. And he's got, you know, thankfully he's got the infrastructure in Dallas to be that face, right? He'll, he'll have support down the lineup. He's got good special teams going right now. There's a good goaltender, right? There's a lot to like. Yes, the defense is going to be an issue. We will probably cover that more in depth as we go through this final stretch of games. That's we talked about every every team in the conference having a bit of an Achilles heel. And, and with the Stars, it's the blue liners not named Haskinen or Lindell. And they're going to have to figure out how to, how to get through that. But... Um, yeah, it's it's very well set up, and and on the topic of Robertson, we've been paying a little bit of attention. He is still within striking distance of becoming the first Dallas Star, I think, to have a fifty goal and one hundred point season, or at least the first since they moved to Dallas. Currently sitting at ninety one points on the the bulk of forty one goals and fifty assists. So he's got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. He's got eight games left. So 50 goals is starting to feel a little bit, a little bit chaotic. But but do you think he can? Do you think he can get to either? I'll, I'll just ask you the question. I mean, I think 100 points is definitely within reach. I mean, you're you're talking just slightly over a, a point a game, which he's kind of a point a game guy. So uh, I, I think if you just extrapolate out what he's done so far, 100 is about about where you'd predict where he ends up. So I would think with the quality of opponents that they're playing, uh, they're likely to get some goaltenders who aren't necessarily just standing on their heads. Uh, I think Robertson hundred is probably more likely than not. Yeah. And he's been productive lately. He's uh, he's writing two games without a point. Didn't register in Vancouver or Chicago, but he had three, sorry, six points in the three games before that. So he's definitely, while the goal scoring has tapered a little, I believe he has four goals in his last 10 games or so, four or five, five, sorry, six goals. He's not quite at the goal scoring pace that he would need to get to 50, but he's definitely where he needs to be points wise. And to your point, schedule's favorable. Uh, Dallas is going to need points, right? So you're not necessarily in a position where they, they're going to shut him down or hide him. And 
ice time has been well managed all season. So there doesn't appear to be, I don't think DeBoer is going to start throwing him over the boards 30 minutes a night to, to find goals and, and get him over the line artificially, shall we say. But I think there's every reason to believe that Robertson's going to continue to, to play as he has played all season, which given the teams that the stars are facing means he has a very real shot. I think you're right. It's, 100 is, is more likely than not. I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb. I think I say he gets 50. I think he does it. I, I think he's going to have, you know, he's one big game away from getting back. You know, he picks up a hat trick and all of a sudden he's, you know, right on pace. Right. So I think he's I think he's going to find a way to do it. That's my that's my crazy Homer prediction. I, I like it. And I, let, let's just briefly mention the Chicago game, which they have been the most boring hockey game I've seen in the last five years. But if that's the kind of hockey we're going to get for the next two weeks, then Robertson could get 60. Yeah. It's it's one of those things, right? Like the way that his season is gone. Is it insane to think that, you know, Arizona, Colorado, Nashville, Philadelphia, Vegas, Detroit, St. Louis, St. Louis. Is it insane to think there's two hat tricks in that stretch of games? <laughs> it's not likely. There could, there could uh, you be know, Joel I would Hanley put the house on it, but in like, there. <laughs> there are, there are crazier things that have happened in hockey this season than that kind of production. You could get a Ryan Suter hat trick out of that. I mean, <laughs> for which team? Um, well, combined. How about that? <laughs> goal, goal contributions. Yep, yep. Uh, he play. He's he's a he's a he plays plays well on both ends. Apparently, goals in both. Oh, we were going to be talking about that, but. Like it starts tonight, um, a strong showing what you'd really hope to see tonight against Arizona is Dallas getting up early and being able to kind of manage the energy level of the game. You you worry a little bit where I would worry a little bit is if they get behind and they have to do that thing where they chase it towards the end. That doesn't bode well for Colorado, but hopefully they take care of business, um, get through this tough stretch. And, and we've got a lot to talk about as the season wraps up. I, I've made my dumb prediction, Mark. Anything you want to go out on a limb and say? I, I, I'll I say just I think we beat Colorado. Um, I, I think this team is ready for it. Oh, man. Here we go. Got the got the playoff tingles in my um, the, the hairs on my arm are standing up. So very excited about that. Mark, thank you for the AM podcast. KT for taking a little time to stitch it together to the sponsors. Everybody go check out the new site. While you're doing that, like us, download us. There's some changes coming as well. We've we've relabeled. We'll, we will now be a Dallas Stars podcast, so we're going to be even easier to find in your various um, podcast searching mechanisms. So tell your friends, tell your fans, tell everybody. And uh, we can't wait to talk next week where we, we might have more clarity. We might be in the same uh, muddy, opaque waters we've been in for the last little while. But all I can say is the game should be interesting. This podcast is sponsored by Greening Law, a personal injury law firm in Dallas, Texas. Greening Law fights the legal battle so you have time for healing and renewal. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.